Good morning. Jeff, how's your week been? Um, I, after the last two nights of Follow the Shepherd, how could it be anything other than fantastic? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say thank you. And I want it to be clear and I want it to be loud to all of you who were a part of, of planning, of preparing, of participating. I mean, from the tent to the kitchen to the actors, everybody, including the five men who walked as shepherds and laid out their stories that the goodness of our God would be known. It just feels like this is one of those mornings where we just need to send a shout heavenward to thank our God for all that he allowed us to experience today. Amen. I'm thankful for everything that God did through people that walked through the drama this week. But I'm also thankful for just the time that we got to spend together. That's right. Because you guys are wonderful. You're just wonderful. Um, you work hard, but you work hard having fun. Mm. And it's because it's all wrapped in love. Yeah. It's absolutely wonderful. And I'm grateful. So, man... I'm doing good after all that. Now, if I could just get my Christmas shopping done, then, <laughs> then I'm really good. Then well, I'll good. tell you what. It's funny you mentioned that. I've actually got something for you. For real? Yeah. Well, that's kind of funny because I got something for you. All right. Huh? This is for you. Well, thanks. Thanks. And this is for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. I, awesome. Oh. You ever get a gift from somebody only to find that the gift comes with strings, strings attached? attached. Maybe you could recognize such a thing, um, I don't know, in your marriage. Mm. A few strings attached. I mean, what are the tension points that typically happen in marriage besides kids, which sure. that's always a tension point, but um, money. Yeah. Sex. Right. Let's just call it. And so what happens? Sometimes we, we play games, right? So we, we, we play the game to get what we want materially. So we know how it works. You, you buy her something really nice mm -hmm. because you really know you want to buy yourself something mm. really nice, right? There are strings attached. Or maybe it's that whole physical stuff, right? We play the game. We play the game. You do something nice for her because you really want her to do something nice for you. There's strings attached. 
It even happens in our families too, doesn't it? Think about the time uh, being a teenager, washing the dishes, clearing the kitchen table, maybe folding some laundry, and it seems a little suspicious, and then all of a sudden it becomes clear, hey, mom, can I borrow the car? (laughs) It's because it came with strings attached. Unfortunately, it even happens with church Mm. sometimes. And I'm not saying that it's impossible um, to appropriately give toward a specific purpose, but I've told you this before. We have a tendency, we, we like what I call sexy giving, mm. all right? People want to maybe give and help the church, but who actually wants their giving to go toward something like a utility bill, right? <laughs> right. We, we would rather, right, give toward a, a, an immediate kind of recognized need that's met it's a feel-good rescue moment, so we say our generosity is about love, but in reality, it's strings attached. And True. It, it even made me think about it the last two days, because while it's true that everything we do as a church ought to be connected to this mission of we want people to know who Jesus is, how many times does the church maybe do something for those outside of itself, and we say, right, that this is because we love, but deep down there is an expectation of a response, and the response is that you will maybe come to church. Right, right. Strings attached. It's true. And we all know what it's like to receive a gift, only to find that there are some strings attached, but It turns out this has not just been a recent thing. This has actually been going on for many, many years. Thousands of years ago, uh, when an army of a great nation like Babylon would have come through and destroyed a nation or whatever, they would make a deal. They would barter with the, the, the opposing nation, the weaker nation, and they would say, hey, we'll offer you protection if you do this, if you abide by this, if you do my bidding, then we will protect you. See, it was a gift of life given but it came with strings attached. And this same phenomenon takes place today, but we often hear of it said more like this. If I scratch your back, then you'll... Scratch mine. You guys went to the same school as me. Mm-hmm. It's like a friend who gives you the gift in hope of catch, cashing in on it someday. And we all know what it's like to be given to or even to be the one who gives with strings attached. Yeah. I like the imagery today because this is exactly, I think, what it can leave you feeling like. Um, You feel like a puppet, right, that's being manipulated. And nobody wants to be made to feel that way. And I I really think that most of us don't intend to make make other people feel that way. Nobody wants to be um, a puppet. So there's got to be a way, got to be a way to give without strings attached. There's got to be a way to live without strings attached. Yeah. And you know, Philippians 4 is actually going to tell us a little bit of how to do that. So please turn there with us. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be working our way through verses 15 through 20 this morning. I just want to read a little bit starting from verse 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel... When I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, 
you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more would be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Not now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Let's stop there for right now. Yeah. So cool. The big picture here, the big picture is the Philippians give a gift. That's the context of this little story. Um, Paul in prison, they have sent him financial help, which in that day was a big deal when you were in prison because they didn't supply stuff like food. Hmm. You had to have your own resources to make that happen. And so them sending financial resources, them sending Epaphroditus, he's, he's a guy that when you read his story, I mean, he's just the kind of dude you want next to you at all times. I mean, just trusted in that way. And so what Paul says is, I have everything that I need. He actually says, I have more than enough. There is, there is ample supplied, right? I got what I need and more. And then he, he describes this gift, um, interesting words here, a, a fragrant offering, mm-hmm. which looking that up this week, I, I found it interesting in Ephesians chapter 5, this isn't on the screen, but just in Ephesians chapter 5, it says that Jesus loved us and he gave himself for us and that that was a fragrant offering to God. Yeah. And Paul uses that same phrase here when he sees the Philippians who are giving in that way to him and how they're blessing him. And he's saying, hey, th- this, is, this is the way Jesus loves. Yeah. This is beautiful, right? It's an acceptable sacrifice. Again, it's, a, it's an offering that comes from, from, from a heart that loves and it's pleasing to God. And I never hit that phrase in scripture that I don't realize that for a lot of people that's hard to believe that God could be pleased. Right. But... He really can when there is this trust in Jesus. Apart from faith, nope, we're not going to please him. But Paul knew that you can because of who he knows. And so he just realizes what a significant gift has been given, not just because of the way that it blesses his life, but also he sees what this means about the hearts of the people who have given it, and he's joyful and he's thankful. That's right. And he is thankful, that's for sure. But if we read between the lines a little bit, we begin to realize that not all is good in the neighborhood. That's right. Not only did the Philippians give a gift, that much clear, is clear, but it turns out they knew it. I'll show you what I mean. Look at verse 15 once more. Moreover, as you Philippians know in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. See, not only did the Philippians give a gift, but it turns out they knew it. They knew that they gave a gift. See, what did they know? Well, they knew that at the beginning of Paul's ministry, no other church thought to give a gift of support except the church in Philippi. And they knew that even when Paul was doing mission work in Thessalonica, another city far away would have no benefit to the church in Philippi. The church in Philippi still made it a point to help and support Paul then too. And not to mention that they apparently offered a gift like this 
more than once when Paul was in need. And you put these reasons together and it becomes easy to see Philippi, the Philippians, might have started to feel pretty good about themselves. We bailed Paul out here. We bailed Paul out there. We bailed Paul out again and again. Especially when you factor all of this in with what we know as the patronage system of that day. That's right. In the ancient Roman society, um, there was this distinct, we'll call it a relationship, known as the patronage system. And the way it worked is maybe you got an artist. You're an artist, all right? Sure. So somebody where, where they have this ability and a, typically a, some sort of financial support, a gift would be given to help them carry out their work, to help them produce what they're able to produce. And that would be given by someone called a patron, mm-hmm. right? The Latin patronus. If that term patronus, that word patronus sounds familiar, you may have secretly read the Harry Potter books. <laughs> In the Harry Potter books, there is something called the patronus charm or expecto patronum. Anyone watch the movies? No? Okay. All right. We'll just pretend this didn't happen. Well, it was a spell just for everyone else. This is else. a safe place. This is a safe place. It is, okay. it is. was a spell that Harry Potter used to ward off the dementors, and it would draw its strength from the protector known as the Patronus. That's the same idea there. And the stronger the bond, the stronger the charm. So same concept. Mm -hmm. So the one who would give, the patron who would give, would would protect, would support the artist or the client. And depending on the size of the gift, there was a string attached that they're just holding on for the day that maybe that could be returned. Yeah. A need that they would have where they would reciprocate. And so uh, if they ever needed something, if they ever wanted something, the expectation was that the artist would drop whatever they're doing and would actually come to, it's, the, it's time to scratch my back because I scratched yours. So free gift. Mm. Mm. Strings attached. attached. And what I love about this passage, it's so subtle, but Paul is no fool here. He acknowledges the gift that came from the Philippians, but he sees through it and he sees the strings and he does something radical. Look at this in verse 18. He says, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. He doesn't say what I think we'd expect him to say. We'd expect him to say, pleasing to me. But he doesn't say that. He says it's pleasing to God. And then he continues, and My God, not and I, but and my God will supply or meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To God our Father be glory and praise forever and ever. Amen. Do you see what Paul's doing? Paul cuts the strings and he attaches them. To Jesus. That's so cool. That's cool. 
He cuts the strings and attaches them to an even greater repayment of anything that he could ever yeah. give back to them. He attaches it to the riches that are found in Jesus. I mean, the grace that Jesus pours into our lives, right? The, a, a sin that he is willing to forgive. Mm. I mean, all of that he attaches then to it. All that we have in Jesus means we can give with no strings attached. That's right. When we attach it to Jesus. It, it made me think um, this last year, I know uh, when you and Grace were doing the, the Story of God album, mm. um, I know that uh, a part of that story is I think someone came along and actually made a contribution, a generous contribution to help make that happen. I'm bringing that up because when something like that takes place, I mean, it makes you wonder what are the expectations? Yeah, what are the strings, right? Right. Well, it's interesting you say that because that's definitely part of what runs through your mind. And so when Grace and I are putting together what, we, what ended up being a Kickstarter, Kickstarter is just a way to fundraise your project by offering incentives to those backers, basically offering strings. Um, <laughs> but what we ended up doing, we had someone come up to us outside of the Kickstarter and they offered a, a large financial gift. And... They followed up, this was so cool, they followed up by saying, and just so you guys know, this is a gift, we're not looking for anything in return. Isn't that cool? That's absolutely cool. That, I think, is the, just, that's the beautiful model of what this giving is supposed to look like, where not only did they decide to give without any strings, but they also clearly communicated yeah. it to you so that you knew there was a freedom, you knew there was a, a, a piece that's just a great model. Yeah. There's another um, story that comes to my mind. Um, of a, a guy that I remember who he and his wife were expecting a child, hmm. right? So he's smart enough to know that um, giving birth to babies is hard work. <laughs> and he's smart enough to know that when that birth happens, he is supposed to cool it when it comes to the physical side of advances, right? For a while, that's supposed to take place. <laughs> well, I love his heart because what he said was, look, I, I know that's the, the, the case, but I want to make sure going forward I love my wife. I, I want to do everything I can to help her with this new little baby. But I don't want her playing mind games when I do that. Mm. Because he knew how we tend to be in relationships, no, even strong relationships. You, you play those games of when like somebody... keeping score yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and even if there's not a string, sometimes right. you tend to think there's a string that's right. attached. And so I, I love what he did. He just went to her and he said, look... I'm making the commitment to you, and they agreed together to actually even go a little longer than what is typically recommended, right, just from a safe physical standpoint. And he said, look, I, I just want her to know that if I'm helping with the baby at 2 o'clock in the morning, if I'm doing laundry, whatever that is, there's no strings attached. Hmm. I'm not doing this for anything from her. I just want her to be able to rest and recover 
And to me, that is just those practical stuff of life where, again, his, he put the expectations out there up front. He said, no strings attached, mm. which enabled her to rest. That's cool. That's the model. Hmm. But I want to bring up one more piece that I think we got to talk about that even though the text we're reading today may not be exactly this, but I think the principle still applies. Somebody, say, gives a big gift. I think we all have that tendency to wonder, are there strings attached? Sure. But I want to raise the question of what do you do when suddenly you realize that even something small that somebody has done or given to you actually has strings attached, right? Which, by the way, how do you know if strings are attached? They will remind you what they've done. Mm -hmm. They'll bring up whatever they gave or however. Yes. See, see what I got? Yeah. See what I, yeah. Remember how nice that package was, right? <laughs> Remember how pretty that bow was? That's right. they, they will bring it up again. Hmm. So what do you do with that? And I'm going to tell you what I try to do. And the key words try, because sure. it always depends on where your heart's at and what the fight is that's going on inside. If they request something from me that I can still do for them, all right? Now, you run through the questions of, is it sinful? Sure. Right? It used to be, is it legal? But that's not the best <laughs> anymore. Right? So is it sinful? Is it possible? Can I do it? And then is it helpful? Because there are things sure. that you can do, but it's not the best. But if they are, then I'll try to do it. Even if there were strings? Just because someone gave to me with strings attached does not have to control my life and mean that I cannot choose to give with, without strings attached. That's cool, yeah. But I gotta make it clear, and you have to make it clear when that happens, when you are giving. So strings were attached, but I'm not, I'm gonna say it. I just want you to realize no strings attached. Mm. And let's talk about Jesus. Mm. The, the idea being, I am doing this because I care about you. And the even greater picture behind this is because Jesus cares hmm. about you. Now, how do I know that model works? Well, isn't it true that most all of us at some time or another have attempted to manipulate God? Hmm. We do for him. And even though we say, right. I'm, just, I'm just doing this because I love him, in the back of our mind, in, in heart-wise, we are doing something for him because we're really, we'll put the word hope, yeah. which means expect that he's going to do something for Stepping us. on toes, man. <laughs> so mm. how does God respond to that? Does God then, because I am attempting to manipulate him, just declare that he will give no more? No. Mm -hmm. He continues to give with a right motive, even when I don't give with a right motive. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean he gives me what I want because he's going to do what's helpful. What is helpful? What is it that blesses me? And so he continues to give what's best, not because he wants something that I have, not because he needs anything that I have, but simply because he loves me. Come on, if, if we can't give and live without strings attached, it really reveals the deficiency in our faith because of fear. Hmm. I think it's fear. 
when we fear that we don't have enough now, we're going to trust the connections that we have, right? That's why we played the game. If, if we don't or, or if we fear that we're not going to have enough someday, then we're trusting the investments that we've made for that day where we can call in the favor. Wow. But our faith is not in our connections and it is not in our investments. Our faith, like Paul declares, is anchored in a God who meets all our needs in Christ Jesus. This is his gift, total gift, no strings attached. That is so good. He's good. Man. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks back, Jeff, you mentioned Abraham. And you took us back there and considered a little bit of his story. And I want to do the same because I think it illustrates what you're describing. Hmm. Uh, we talked earlier about the nations who in that day when they would make treaties, right, the stronger one would offer the, the weaker one protection and all that. But it came with strings. Hmm. Well, when the leaders of each nation uh, would do this, what, what would happen is they would slaughter animals, literally cutting them in half, and then putting half on one side and half on another. Now, we don't have animals here for this prop, but we have some presents, so I'll just, right. you know, so, so we got this right here, right? So you got half over here, got half over here, and they'd kind of create this, like, blood path, if you will. Um, just come on over. Because then the leader of each nation would stand kind of in this way, and then they would march together, walking through this, and it was this commitment to one another. Hey, whatever hap has happened to these animals, splitting them in two, if either one of us breaks this pact, that's going to fall on us. Whatever happened to them is going to happen to the one who breaks the covenant. We pay with blood. We pay with blood. So that's kind of the context of what's happening in that day. And what's really fascinating is uh, you have, just, just keep that picture in mind right now. Keep that picture in mind because in Genesis chapter 15, God has just made a promise to a man named Abraham. And Abraham has been instructed to kind of set up a similar scenario. We've got animals on this side, animal, blood everywhere, right? This whole thing. Yeah, it's gross. It's terrible. And then something happens and God basically puts Abraham to sleep. So Abraham, go to sleep. Okay? That is the best offer I've had. <laughs> <laughs> so go to sleep. Pretend you're asleep. Okay. And in the moment, as, th as this is happening, watch what God does next in verse 17. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant, a pact with Abraham. Now the smoking fire pot pictured here symbolizes God for us. But what he does is just mind-blowing because instead of demanding that God and Abraham stand next to each other and walk through this, which would signify that if one of them breaks it, who's going to break it between God and Abraham? Abraham. Right. It would fall on Abraham. All the punishment, all the pain, all the ill, all the incompetence, all of that would fall on Abraham and he would have to pay with blood. But what happens is God says, hey, Abraham, shh, go to sleep. And then God, symbolized with the smoking fire pot, stands in the middle. And it's this image of God alone walking through the path. As if to say, Abraham, I know that you're going to break this. I know that you cannot keep this. But I will keep it anyway. 
I will keep the promise anyway. That is no strings attached. That is a gift that is exactly like what Jesus did for us, amen? Jesus, who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for all. Jesus, who on the cross with his dying breath about the very people who would crucify him could say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus, who after he rose again, still goes to the very disciples who bailed on him in his greatest hour of need. And he offers to them not only peace and forgiveness, but the enduring presence of the Holy Spirit. This is what it means to give without strings attached. This is what it means to live without strings attached. It's to live like Jesus. My prayer is that you will see today a God who keeps his promise. Yeah. You know, when God walked that blood path, he's God. I mean, the day that God walked the blood path with Abraham, he would have had to see his son. Mm. On that day, he walked a blood path between those animals that had been sacrificed, but he knew that meant there was going to be another blood path Mm. that his own son would have to walk not through the blood of animals but literally his own blood. Do you understand how much God loves you? Because on that day, he knew Abraham would break it. He knew Abraham would break the promise. And he knew I would. Mm. And he knew you would. But God said, I know it, and I will walk it. Mm. What an amazing What an amazing love. Some of you may be listening today and your thought is, man, that is amazing and I wish I were good enough. No, it's the whole point because we're not. You're like, I-, I wish I were good enough that God, right, that I could come to God, that I could, that I could know him, that, that we could be close. No, it's the whole point. We're not. And he knows it. My prayer today is that whatever your story may be, whatever the failures may be, that you would realize today you're hiding nothing from God. He knew all that the day he walked the path. But today, like many of us in this room have done, we simply turn to Jesus knowing that we do not deserve, 
knowing that we we never earn. This is called grace. It is the grace of God. Not what we deserve, but a love that he extends. And he says, if you will turn to Jesus and believe. To believe means that I will say to him, I choose to entrust my life to you. The best I know how, Jesus, I'm coming to you and I'm asking you to be my king. I'm asking you to, 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 to live in me. I want to follow you, the good shepherd, who laid down his life for me. And if you have never come to that place in your life, my prayer is that today, if God is speaking and you hear that voice and maybe for the first time you see a love that is extraordinary that today you would turn to him and you would ask. And he hears your heart, he knows your heart, and he answers. So I'm going to pray for us here in just a second and Peter and I will be here in the room. We're going to sing a little bit more here as we close and He and I will be in the room here. We would be honored to pray with you. We would be honored to just uh, help in any way that we can, wherever you may be watching or listening from. Um, At any of our campuses today, there are folks there who would be so honored to just pray with you, to encourage you. And let's not miss this moment because this is what we got. Let's go to him. Let's trust him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for overwhelming our hearts when we truly stop and realize how you love. I thank you that, God, no no matter how many times we hear the story, God, you, you, you overwhelm our hearts because, God, you love. You love differently than most of us have ever experienced. God, you, a love that is real, a love that is genuine, a love, no strings attached. In the sense, God, that when you loved us, you already knew we would fail. You already knew that we would come up short. But you already knew that you would choose to give your son. God, today we are grateful. And my prayer is that, God, any of us who today need to take that step toward you, I pray in this moment you'd give us courage, you'd give us faith to simply turn to you and ask. God, I pray across this room, across those who are listening today, God, whatever the burdens may be, God, maybe some of us feel like we are caught in strings attached. God, we are grateful today that we get to run into your arms even today. God, I'm asking for healing. I pray for encouragement. God, today may your people run to you. Thank you for these moments together. Thank you for what you're going to do now.
It's in the precious name of Jesus who walked the blood path for us that we pray.